You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 is what we're talking about. Everybody say these three. What are these three? Well, we look in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. It says, now abides faith, hope, charity, or love, agape, these three. But the greatest of these is agape. And so uh, the Lord put this on my heart a number of months ago. So we're talking about these three. Um, I appreciate it if you get the T-shirt, but just to advertise what's going on, because people need to hear about these three. These three, number one, we've been talking about number one is living faith. Living faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. And then we're going to talk about uh, hope lives, which we've talked about a number of times here at the church, but the Lord put it on my heart as we get ready to go into 20. Can you believe we're getting ready? We're in the last quarter of the year and we're getting ready to go into 2022. I'm no, uh, let's slow down. But but, um, the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And and yet hope is a a joyful, confident expectation of what God's about to do. Amen. And then number three, um, we had a love-olution a number of years ago, but God's never stopped having a revolution and so love never fails and and what everybody needs to see right now is the love of God so we're going to talk about this we're going to finish up today with living faith again Habakkuk 2 uh, talks about how the just the righteous one shall live by his faith so you and I have a choice to make every day and, and I've said this, and I'm going to say it over and over again because I know you're getting it. Um, the Lord told me a number of years ago, back when I started the church, he said, don't teach them to have faith projects. Teach them to live by faith. And so you don't have two separate lives. You don't have a secular life and a sacred life that you just put in your time on Sunday morning. No, you're walking with God by faith on Monday because things happen on Monday. <laughs> I said things happen on Monday. And so you don't turn your faith on. If you, if you are good at turning your faith off, it's very difficult to turn it on. So you have to live in faith. You have to live by faith. Remember we went through everything. You go to sleep by faith. You get up by faith. You know what, since I taught that, uh, the Lord's been waking me up about five minutes before my alarm goes off. Today he was a little early. It was 25 minutes before my alarm went off. But, you know, and it was because I, because I just said in my heart, Lord, let's, let's do that again. And so, you know, but you eat by faith, especially if you eat at restaurants, eat by faith. Uh, You go to work by faith. You drive your car by faith. The angels camp around you by faith. Come on, you work by faith. You get increases by faith and nobody else is getting one. You're getting one. You run your business by faith. Amen. You have, you raise your children by faith. You're married by faith. And everything you do is in faith. God will get you good deals when you go shopping by faith. I'm just telling you, there's favor everywhere around you. If you'll do it by faith. Every day, get up and do it by faith. And so we're living by faith. And so just in talking to the Lord, um, I don't know if you realize this. On Wednesday nights, I've been talking about a subject called real faith. And I've been having more fun than everybody combined. And it's just been good. And I'm just taking things really slow. And I'm really doing things. And I know these people that I've taught over the years, they say, they all, they're like, yeah, but what about? And so the what abouts we're going to take care of because you teach things um, separately to you know instruct in an area. It's not to 
make people rigid, but I'm really just home, driving down, honing in some things. And so today I was mentioning, actually I didn't know what I was going to do today, but as I was preaching on Wednesday, it came out what to do today. And so I want to talk to you about something that I believe is so important if you're going to live by faith. Y'all want to live by faith, right? The Bible says without faith it's impossible. How many want to please God? Well, I know you wouldn't be here on a Sunday morning if you didn't want to please God. So you want to please him. But your attendance doesn't just please him. What, what, what pleases him? Your faith pleases him. Your faith pleases him. So I want to please him on Monday. I want to please him on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I want to please him while I'm watching the football game. Sometimes depending on who you root for, you got to use your faith. But you know what I'm saying? You got, how many of you know you have to, if you want to please him, you have to understand faith. You were saved by faith. Amen. You should live by faith. Amen. You know, you can die in faith. Well, let's not talk about that. Well, if, if Jesus doesn't come back, you're all going to do that. <laughs> so you might as well go in faith, not complaining. You know, you're a talking spirit. I feel sorry for some people that are born again. They're going to wake up, they're not wake up. They're going to go to the other side saying, well, I guess he didn't heal me. How, how would you like to meet him that way? No, I'm, we're just going to... I got some of your attention. You're talking spirit. When you leave your body, if you're born again, you're going to be right there with the Lord. You, might as well, you better be saying what he said. <laughs> All right. Glory to God. Let's move on. Hallelujah. Y'all prayed for utterance, right? Here we go. Helping people. You know, my utterance is not always cotton candy. <laughs> my, uh, my utterance sometimes has a little spinach in it, but I ho hope a whole lot of steak. Glory to God. Are, are you ready? So this is the deal. If we're going to live by faith, this is what came to my heart. So 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says this. It says that it talks about, and the very God of peace sanctify you holy, holy, all of you. And I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless into the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, y'all listen to me. You think, you look at that, well, what does that have to do with faith? Well, what I'm about to teach you today uh, is something that you have to understand if you're going to live by faith. If you want to live every day by faith, you've got to understand this. Because um, we're going to look at, first of all, faith is of the heart. But this is what I've also learned. The battlefield is the mind. And if you don't keep your body under, it's going to be very difficult for you to live in faith. You can come in and out of it, but I know you all want to live there. And so this is very important. It's been a very important part of my life. Um, and I was just sitting that singing, as we were singing, thinking about the faithfulness of God. Um, when I came back to the Lord some 30 plus years, how he's kept me and he's been faithful to me. And even though I haven't done it all perfect and even though I've had some problems and even though I've, we've had some challenges in life, the Lord has delivered us out of them all. And he's good to us and he's been good. But consistency comes from understanding this scripture if you're gonna live by faith. So for, let's just dig right into it. Uh, first of all, you are your spirit part of you, the part that lives forever. At, uh, at conception in, in the womb, you become a living, speaking spirit, even though you can't speak yet. But God said that he knew us in our mother's womb. And so that's when it began. Uh, you don't become a living spirit when you get born again. You have a spirit that is either going to heaven or hell one day. And that happens at conception. 
that happens at conception. That happens at conception. That's why everyone who is born, uh, every, every, everybody has a spirit that is going to end up somewhere. And the only way to make sure that you go to heaven is to believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way to God but through Jesus. Believing in the fact that he is the son of God, he died on a cross for your sin, and he was raised from the dead. This same Jesus who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, on the day that he was willing. He said, no man took my life, I laid it down. And then he himself let them nail him to a cross. He took all your guilt, he took all your shame, he took your sin and he took it upon himself. And besides that, he let them stripe his back till he was unrecognizable. And he took every sickness, every disease and he took it upon himself. And then not only that, he became poor that you could become rich. He took your infirmity. He took your weakness. He took your pain. He took your shame. And when you believe that, when you believe that it was raised from the dead, you can be born again. Amen. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. And it's good news. And once you believe that by grace, through faith, you are born again. Grace offered you something that you didn't deserve, but your faith grabbed a hold of something so that you could partake. Amen. So your spirit man has to be born again. Your spirit man, in order to really live by faith, you, that make, that's like, well, that's just obvious. Yeah, but you weren't born again. You weren't, you, you're, you were able to grab a hold of the greatest miracle of all before you were born again. That is the new birth. And now your spirit is alive unto God. And the Bible says in, in number, numerous places that, that faith is of the heart. Before I get to that, though, I want you to realize Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3. It talks about your nature. We've talked about this before. I say it like this, birds fly, fish swim, sinners sin. And born again people act righteously. Because that's your nature. That's your nature. That's your nature. You and I cannot expect someone who's born again to live righteously. If they're not born again, they can't live righteous. They don't have the nature to do it. You can do whatever you want to do. Complain. Throw things at them. Tell them they're nasty. Not going to help them. They can't change their actions for real, without the new birth. Are you glad you're born again? Amen. Now listen, I say this, and I'm not trying to be mean. You and I, who are born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, know the word. We have enough trouble with our own flesh. How do you expect them to live right? Do right. Say right. So, well, we'll just leave them there. No, we're just not going to leave anybody anywhere. We're going to get them born again. We're going to get them born again. Come on, we're coming into the, these are the last of the last days, and there's going to be a great harvest. God is a good farmer, and he's ready, and you and I are going to help him. Did I lose some of you? Well, that's all right. I don't care. Anyway, um, it's the truth. You can be mad at them for their fallen nature, or you can get them born again. Teach them the word. Get them to church. Amen. It is their choice, but, but. Just being mad at someone for their fallen nature, it didn't do you any good. 
You came across it. All right, we'll move on. I'll hear you. All right, so let's move on. So, but the thing is this, so I got a nature change. I became a new creature in Christ. Are you a new creature? Come on, say, I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. What happens? All things passed away. Behold, everything is new. Your spirit didn't get a makeover. You know, I know in, in our circles, sometimes I, heard, I haven't heard it as much recently, but I hear people, well, I just need my spirit healed. You don't need your spirit healed. You either born again or you ain't. Your spirit, you don't need no spiritual healing. Who's saying that? I don't know, but you don't, you, you, was it Marvin? Anyway, you don't, you don't need that. You don't need it. You don't need it. You don't need your spirit healed. You're born again. It's okay. Because see, if the devil can get you to believe there's something wrong with your spirit, he'll get you to believe you can't operate in faith. Because the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, right? That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your, that word is cardia, the center of you. If you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be so where is faith? Faith is always of the heart. Faith is not of your head. Faith is not of knowledge. Faith is always of the cardia of the heart. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, what serveth? No, that's four. He said, verily I say to you, whoever shall say into this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea and shall not doubt. It's not just what you say. You can't doubt where? In your heart. Why? Because faith is of the heart. Because faith is of the heart. You cannot believe with your mind. You cannot believe with willpower. You believe with the heart. Now that's of utmost importance that you know if your faith is going to work, it comes from your born again spirit with your new nature and you believe something in your heart. You believe it in your heart and when you begin to do that you can have uh you can have what you say you can have what you believe let's look at proverbs chapter four proverbs chapter four got a lot of ground to cover my son attend to my words incline your ear to my sayings verse 21 let them not depart from your eyes keep them in the midst of your heart what verse 23 why verse 23 keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Some translations say out of it flow the issues of life. Or if you want to affect an issue in your life, you got to do something with your heart. Verse 24, just to clean up 24 says, put away from the forward mouth, perverse lips, but far from thee. And so last Wednesday, I began to talk about Jesus uh, told the parable. Uh, and it's in three of the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the parable of the sower. And he talked about your heart. Your heart is your cardia, the center of you. It's your soil. And so out of your soil come the issues of life. And I said this Wednesday night, I'm going to say to you, a lot of times when people teach on faith, they, they really just go over this part. They just barely touch on it. But if out of your heart flow the issues of life and Jesus, and it's in three uh, um, gospels telling you that the condition of your heart determines what you receive from God. So you can't overlook this. 
Faith is of the heart. And he said to guard your cardia with all diligence. Why? Because out in the world, your eye gate, your ear gate, and your mouth gate, you let others seed in besides the word of God. That's why he would like equal time. If you're listening to stuff, if you're getting stuff out there, give him time. Give him, listen to messages. Put your eyes on the word of God. Give your ears the word of God. And say out of your mouth, sow some seed into your own heart. Because out of it flow the issues of life. And you've got to diligently watch over it. Because in this hour, everybody's trying to get into your heart. And the devil's doing it through things outwardly that look important. And I'm not diminishing people's importance and things everybody's going through. But you've got to be careful what attitudes... What, what negativity you let in. You got, you got to make sure the word's going in because you got to guard it. Everybody say, I'm guarding my heart. I'm going to guard my heart. Now, now if you're a spirit man, out of uh, your, your heart is where you believe God and you're diligently watching it, then I'm going to tell you some other things you got to do. You got to feed it. I'm, I'm grateful I get to feed you with the word of God. But it's the word feeding you, not me. But if all you ever get is this food on Sunday morning and you don't get any other food, you wouldn't do that with your natural body. I know I sure wouldn't. I like to eat lunch and dinner and lots of snacks in, but I'm a grazer. Hallelujah. Um, I, I, I like food. I'm trying to watch which kind of food I'm eating. You know, I've replaced some things with Lean turkey, praise the Lord, but I'm still eating, still grazing. Why don't you graze on the word? Meditate on something all day. Think about it. Get a scripture. Think about it all day. Keep it in front of you. Make a memo to yourself. Set an alarm. Think about the word right now. Are you with me? You gotta, you gotta build your spirit up. If you're not building your spirit up, I'm telling you, your spirit's gonna be weak. It's the only food for it is the word of God. Nothing else feeds it. You can pray, but that doesn't feed, that doesn't feed your spirit. You can pray in tongues, that doesn't feed your spirit. It'll build you up upon your most holy faith, but it won't feed you. One thing feeds you. The milk of the word of God, the seed of the word of God, the bread of the word of God. And there's even some honeycomb in the word of God. Hallelujah. Get the word. Eat it. I found your word. I did eat it. It was the joy and the rejoicing of my soul. And then the next thing, how do you keep your heart strong? Is you exercise it. Y'all love physical exercise, don't you? Praise the Lord. <laughs> that prophet's little, the Bible says. I try to talk the Lord into it. Prophet's little. Still have to do it anyway. But when you exercise your faith, you are exercising your spirit. Don't let your faith get flabby. Exercise it every day. I told you how to do it. Exercise it every day. Live by it every day. Eat by it. Drive by it. Sleep by it. Raise your children by it. Go to work by it. Get your raises by it. Run your business by it. Do everything you do by faith. Everybody say, I'm living by faith. 
So that one's pretty self-explanatory, but let's get into this. So you can't live by faith if you don't live out of your heart. And in order to be successful in living by faith, you must also understand this. you got to do something with your soul. Hebrews 4.12 says, it's the sword, it's the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the deciding, dividing asunder of what? So let's just stop right there. You are a three-part being. You are a spirit. Number two, you have a soul. What is your soul? What is your alma? That's the name. It's not a name. Uh, we did have a woman named that. But it's your alma. It's your soul. What is that? It's your mind, your will, and your emotions. And listen to me. Only the word of God can divide between it. They are intertwined. If you could look into your cardia, you would see your spirit and your soul intertwined. Even though your soul is there, you can still only believe with your heart, with your spirit. But listen to me, if you're going to live by faith, you're going to have to do something with your soul. If you don't do something with your soul, you won't be able to live by faith. You might be able to have a faith project or two when for a moment, a season, you can get your soul and body under control because something big and serious is going on. But why do you and I want to live that way? We don't. We want to live ready. Everybody's come on, ready. Ready. Are you ready? And how do I stay ready? I got to do something with my soul. And if you don't do something with your soul, you're not going to live by faith. Okay, this is real important because your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So we've got to do something after you get born again. You know, people like today, they're like, well, you know, it's all by grace. It's all by, you know, God does it all. We just, you know, whatever he wants. No, there's always a man side and a God side. You can't do God side, so quit. This is what people do. They try to do God side. You can't, do, you can't perform the word. Let God do God's side. But you've got a side and I've got a side. Now, this is the side that um, no matter who you are, whether it's me or you, that it takes some work. It takes some time. But if you don't do this, you won't live by faith. You got to do something with your emotion. You got to do something with your mind, your will, and your emotions. So let's look at this. You know this, Romans 12, 1 and 2. So, well, hold on. Go back to that one. I got to finish it up. I, hate, I don't like to leave a scripture hanging. So, as sharper than a two edged sword, piercing even to the dividing side of our soul and spirit, to the joints and the marrow, it's a discerner of thoughts that comes from your soul and the intents of your heart. So, if you, you've got, in order to divide between spirit and soul, you got to take the word to it. And the best way, though, is to get your soul in line with your spirit. I teach this in my Holy Spirit class. Three parts of you, spirit, soul, and body. But really, um, when your spirit gets born again, that's where God talks to you. That's where your faith is. But if you don't do something with your soul and your body, that two against one, they'll rule you. And you can't live in the spirit, walk in the spirit. You're not going to be able to live in faith. So when I teach them that, I kind of do this thing. I make them divide up into three parts, and I have the spirit say something. I have the soul say something. And I have the body say something. Anybody through graduate Bible Institute, you remember that. And so I have the spirit say one thing. I have the soul say one thing, and I got the body saying another thing. And I make them do it really loud. And then I try to talk to them. But they can't hear me because it's just a bunch of noise. But then if I get the spirit, the soul, and the body to say and do the same thing, I can in the same tone of voice say the same thing and everybody hears me. That's the whole point of this. If you want to live by faith, yes, faith is of the heart. And a lot of people don't want to mess with the soul and the spirit because they got itching ears today and they want to hear that you're all right. 
You don't got to do nothing. I just want encouraged. Well, the, the Bible will encourage you, but at the same time, it'll rebuke you and correct you. And listen to me. I have to do it more than ever. You've got to do it. I've got to do something with my soul. If I don't, I won't be able to live by faith. Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is reasonable service. Verse 2. And be not conformed. The world's trying to conform you. The devil's trying to conform you. Trying to make you feel guilty about believing the word of God. Don't be conformed to this world, but be ye. If you don't get transformed, you'll say conformed. If you don't get transformed, you'll think like you used to think in your fallen nature. If you don't get transformed, and the only thing that can transform. Now we're, not, now we're talking about the word of God doing something in your mind. Yes, you have the mind of Christ. That's a positional thing. But you, until you renew your mind, you're not going to really be able to live by faith on a regular basis. Because you've got to get your mind in agreement with the word of God. With, the spirit is willing. The spirit wants to believe. But if your mind is fighting you all the time, you're going to have a hard time. And the only way to do that, I can lay hands on you every saturation meeting, but it's not going to change your mind. There's one thing that will change your mind. Doesn't it always go back to the Word of God? The Word of God can transform you. Be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. There, yes, the will of God for your life, but really what it's talking about in context is this, that when I renew my mind with the Word of God, I begin to prove to it what the Word of God says. The Word of God is the will of God. The word of God is the will of God. I don't have to ask God what his will is anymore when I know his will. And, and by renewing my mind, in, then in my mind, in my soul realm, I begin to prove. I begin to prove it in my mind. I begin to approve it. In my, my mind comes into agreement with my spirit because it's coming in agreement with the, I'm redoing my computer. You know, no longer garbage in, garbage out. Now good stuff in, the word in, now I get to produce something. I get to prove what is good, acceptable, the perfect will of God. The word of God is the will of God. I begin to agree with it. Are you with me? How? By transforming, by getting in the word. One of the things we're doing with the 90-day psalm, listen to me. I believe in studying, but some of you have never studied before. you got to start with reading. You can never get to study unless you start with reading. So read the word. Read it every day. And the way we have it set up, listen, if you go into that discussion, you're like, well, I'm not a teacher. These are all teachers and everybody's sharing. Just put one thing in there, how it blessed you, how it changed your life. You don't have, uh, see, I lost all of you. Well, I don't want to, yeah. but read the word anyway. Whether you, whether you discuss or not, read the word. We're doing it together. Something about unity, something about everybody doing it together. I'm telling you, I'm asking you to do it. Amen. How, what are you doing? So just take the word. Robert mentioned the video I did. If you'll watch that video, I tell you how to, uh, you know, begin to start meditating the word of God as you simply read the word of God. Read the word. Of, how, how do I renew my mind? Read the word of God. How do I renew my mind? Study the word of God. How do I, re, how do I renew my mind? Speak the word of God. How do I re, renew my mind? Joshua 1, 8 and 9. I meditate on the word of God. How do I renew my mind? I do it all day long. Because listen, you and I, I don't know about you, but I came into this with a bunch of strongholds in my mind. I came in with, I got gloriously saved, delivered, but I came in with some strongholds, some wrong thinking. 
some really messed up stuff. But so what I had to do, and I thank God for it. The Holy Ghost helped me, but I began to renew my mind with the word. I became so hungry for the word. I devoured it morning, noon, and night. I remember when I get off my job as an accountant, I would hurry as fast as I could, throw me some food on, and then I would, I would read the Bible. And I got so excited because in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the stories were repeated. I found out there was more than Noah had a boat. Amen. It, it became alive to me. It began to transform me. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says that you, you, that talks about strongholds. Listen, transformation of your mind comes by pulling down strongholds. What does that say? Go ahead and put that up. It's not in the notes. 2 Corinthians 10. Oh, my. Second, I was going to be done by quarter after. No, I'm not. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. Talking about, watch this. Verse four, for the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. Y'all know this one, but they're mighty through God to what? This has to do with the transformation of your mind. This has to do with thought process. This has to do with who you think you are. Remember the children of Israel, we're nothing but grasshoppers. Well, it was a lie, but that's who they thought they were. That's who they said they were. And that's what they acted like a bunch of bugs. That's who they thought they were in our own eyes. See, you come into this sometimes with warped thinking about yourself. Come on, I'm complete in him. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm in the beloved. (laughs) Come on, he's in me. I'm in him. I'm complete in him. He who began a good work in me will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. But you've got to see that's what you know. But then you've got to get the, your mind doesn't know that unless you tell it to know it. And, and, and then what you're doing is you're pulling down a stronghold. How do you get rid of a stronghold? You've got to open your mouth. When a thought comes, you tell it what the word says. When a thought comes, it's, you know what opposes God. If it's guilt and condemnation. If it's, if it's saying something negative, even if it's a fact, maybe you, I'll pick on the husbands, maybe you just said something jerky to your wife. Jerky is a word, isn't it? Beef jerky, but a jerk. Maybe you just were a jerk. And maybe you're mad, but you know what you can do? You can retrain your mind. I love my wife like Christ loves the church. Lord, I know you wouldn't, you wouldn't tell her to do something. You wouldn't tell me if law of kindness has to be on her tongue, this God be on my tongue. Maybe you were raised a certain way. You saw your dad treat, I don't know why we're off on it, but it's good. You saw your dad treat your mom a certain way. And you just think that's right. Well, if she says it ain't right, then it ain't right. If it makes her feel a certain way, you got to change it. But, it, but well, I, I want to, but I can't. That's a lie. You have to renew your mind. Amen. Amen. Okay, we got to go. Uh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to pull down the strongholds. What? Verse 5. Casting down imaginations. How do you do that? You open your mouth and tell it to get out, and you replace it. You got to replace it. You got to replace it. With, you got to replace that thought with a God thought. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Where's knowledge? In the soul. And bring into captivity every thought. How do you take captive a thought that's, that's rogue? 
You take it with your mouth. You replace it. Amen? Everybody with me? The Bible says in Romans 8, 7, to be carnally minded makes you an enemy of God. Carnal mind is an enemy of God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Listen to me. If you don't renew your mind, if, car- if carnality, and that's talking about you, the way you think and the way you act, because your soul and your body are in a team, until you renew your mind and get your mind to agree with your spirit, get it to agree with the word of God, the Bible says it's an enemy. That word enmity means what? Enemy. So the carnal mind is enemies of God. And since it's an enemy of God there, the carnal mind is an enemy to your faith. This is not an option. You must renew your mind. You must get your soul in line with your spirit. And in order to do that, you got to get in line with the word of God. To let your mind go. <laughs> you know that commercial on time. Your mind is a terrible thing to waste. I know what they're saying, but I'm telling you, your mind is wasted until you get it changed with the word of God. You must do it. I must do it. And how long do I do it? Well, I'm going to have to do it till Jesus comes because my body never quits wanting what it wants. I don't understand it. Sometimes you would think it would give up, but it doesn't seem to. And the devil doesn't seem to. So what do I got to do? I got to stay strong. How do I stay strong? By receiving the word of God. You know, um, then you've got emotions. Do you, have, do you got any emotions? Now this is where they, maybe people say, well, you need your spirit healed. Maybe they're talking about this. Because I don't know about you. Don't raise your hand. But have you ever gone through anything that just emotionally messed you up? You know, childhood. Parents getting divorced. Um, you know, disappointments in careers and businesses and uh, people disappointing you, church disappointing you, all that. Kind of, aren't you glad God can never disappoint you? Well, he disappointed me. No, he didn't. The Bible says he can't. <laughs> if, God, if the Bible says God can't disappoint you, then what happens? God can't disappoint you. You didn't know something. I should have had a little more with me on that one. God can never disappoint you. The Bible says he can't, so he didn't. All right. But you got to do something with your emotions. Psalms 23.3 says, he restores my soul. You know, I tell you this all the time, but I do love those car shows and those, especially those houses. I saw a new one this weekend out on the East Coast where everything, they take these old, old houses, 16 whatevers, and they restore them. I think that's a bit much, but they do it and it works out for them. But how many of you know your soul, which is your, and part of that is your emotions, God wants to restore. It's interesting in Luke chapter four, verses 18 and 19, when Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord's upon me because he's anointed me to preach. What? Deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty to them that are bruised. But back up at the beginning, he said, the, after the gospel to the poor, he said, he sent me to do what? Heal. Who? The brokenhearted. What is that? That's in your emotion. It's not your spirit because your spirit gets born again. But if you have something in life that has dealt you an emotional blow, there's one healer. I wouldn't downplay counseling or guidance that way, but, you know, really the best guidance is the Word of God. And if you've got something that hurts all the time, then you've got to let Jesus heal it. 
Because if you leave the gaping wound, I'm telling you, that gets into your spirit. It messes with your spirit because you, let's just say this. Let's talk about this. Pastor Rhonda's specialty. Let's talk about love and love walk. Jesus said, if you want your faith to work, in verses Mark 11, we love, how many of you we love 22, 23, and 24? But 25 and 26, he barely took a breath and said something. What did he say? If you got some unforgiveness, leave this place of prayer and go deal with it. In other words, because you've got unforgiveness, your soul hurts. Your soul is bruised. Your soul is messed up. Well, what does that have to do with anything? Well, Jesus said it had something to do with it. He said, if you have aught against any, if you have unforgiveness, go handle it. Now, what does that mean? Well, I'm not saying you have to look everybody up to hurt you, because if you look them up, they'll probably not care and say, what? You don't have, you don't have to go make amends. Oh, Lord. I, if you're on your third marriage, you don't have to go back to your first one. Please don't. You will make a mess of everybody's life. Just forgive people, forgive yourself, and start again. Praise the Lord. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Get your emotions healed. So it's better than saying get your heart healed. Get your emotions healed. Jesus is the healer of a broken heart. And he knows it. But you to just ignore it and press on with your faith, you're not going to be able to live by faith that way. Because the devil's going to see to it that wherever, uh, whatever offends you, he'll send a line of folks to re-offend you. And he will, he will get you in. uh-oh, Lord, help me. He'll get you into some self-help groups where you can nurture that offense. Not all of them are good, y'all. If it's word to get you over it, that's great. But if it's something that nurtures your offense, <laughs> praise the Lord, this is good. What does it keep you in? Unforgiveness. Remembering the pain. Jesus wants to heal it. I said Jesus wants to heal it. But you got to admit you got it so he can heal it. And then you got to forgive people. So what? So your faith can work. After you get it done, then exercise your faith, either through speaking the word or praying. And really he was saying, why you stand praying? Are y'all good? Oh, good. Hallelujah. All right. So, um, then I want to, uh, Isaiah 53, 4. I will just do out the King James. No, I want to do out the Amplified Classic. Hebrews, um, I mean, Isaiah 53, 4. Let's do uh, Amplified Classic. Let's do Amplified Classic. There we go. Surely has borne our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distress. He carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. So Jesus took, he, he dealt with our sin. He dealt with our sickness and disease, but that's not all he dealt with. He dealt with your grief, which includes sickness, but includes weakness, but it also includes all the distresses you've had in life. Have you had any? Don't raise your hand. He carried your sorrows. What made you, what messed you up? What hurt you? Who hurt you? But Jesus took it on the cross so you can let it go. If you don't let it go, you're not punishing them anyway. You're punishing yourself by not being able to walk in faith. 
this is so important. It's not just all, your faith is of the heart, but it's not just about the heart. We teach it all separately, but it all works together. Come on, you've got to do something. I've got to continue to do something with my mind, with my emotions, and I've got to do something with my will. Y'all remember when Jesus went to the garden? What did he say? Father, not my, but, but your will. Listen to me. I have people say, well, I'm just fully submitted to God. You don't know if you're submitted to God till your will crosses his will. People don't know if you're submitted to someone they can see until their will crosses your will. People don't know how to submit today. It's a dirty word. People don't like it in their marriage ceremonies because it's dirty. It's archaic. No, it's not archaic. It's still God. Because if you don't learn how to submit, James 4, 7 says, you'll never be able to resist the devil. Amen. And in really, in this case, it, um, you and I have to understand, how do we get off on that? Um, we got to do what the word says. Amen. And aren't you grateful that he healed your heart? Praise the Lord. Let's just move on. Hallelujah. There's a whole lot. Y'all, we believe for utterance, right? But if Jesus had to lay down his will, then you're going to have to lay down yours. And it's not as easy as all that. If people say to me, well, I've never had trouble, you know, with my will uh, being God's will, then I just don't know if you've ever crossed his will. Because you don't like it. And people say, well, you know, I'm fully submitted. Well, you don't know if you're submitted until there's a disagreement. Hallelujah. That's how we got there. Hallelujah. Because he wasn't done. He wanted to, he wanted to yeah, help. Hallelujah. Now listen, Deuteronomy 30, 19, God says this, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And then he says something. He says, choose. Everybody say, choose. Where do you do your choosing? Where do you do your choosing? In, it's part of your will, which is part of your soul. People... Our life is the sum total of all the decisions we've made from our will. And until your will comes up under it, listen to me, if Jesus had to do it, I got to do it. If Jesus had to do it, you got to do it. And it's not as easy as all that. Now, you and I are not going to the cross and Jesus sweat as it were great drops of blood because it was a big deal. But in your life, if you want to live by faith every day, then you're going to have to submit your will, your plans to him. Talking about spirit, soul, and body. So the first thing I got to do, faith is of the heart. Second thing I got to do is I got to renew my mind. I got to let him heal my emotions, and I got to make sure my will is his will. And then we tackle the wild one. But if you've done the second one, now it's two against one the other way. Now it's two against one the other way. Because listen, faith has corresponding actions. But if you've never done anything with your soul, then you definitely have not done anything with your body. You cannot keep your body under unless your soul has been transformed. You cannot keep your body under unless you have your emotions healed because you'll be an emotional person and the devil will get you to act out of your emotions. Man, have I seen that so much recently. It's emotions, tugging at people's emotions. The devil messing with people's emotions. 
That just tells me they don't have their emotions uh, um, uh, healed. And, and if the devil can poke at it, people can poke at it. Because you and I need to keep our emotions in a healed place. Why? What's the devil trying to do? If he can mess with your emotions, then can you see this? He'll pull you out of the place to be able to live by faith. It all goes together. If you and I want to live by faith, we gotta, we gotta under, we gotta feed our spirit every day. We gotta exercise our heart every day. But then we gotta get up. How often do I need to transform my mind? Well, I guess I gotta do it every day. How do I know that? Well, the Lord told Joshua, if you want to have a success, meditate in my word day and night. That's every day, all day. You know, no, no, no time off for Christmas Eve and Christmas. I gotta do it all the time. Everybody say all the time. What do I got to do with my emotions? If something comes up, I've got to make sure it's healed. What do I got to do with my will? I got to submit my will to his will. And then now I'm ready to get the body. So let's go back to Romans 12.1. How do I keep my body under? How do I keep my body under? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice. It's a living sacrifice. Aren't you glad your body's alive right now? But you see, uh, just like your tongue is an unruly member, your whole body. I don't understand why this happens. Why does one person have more trouble in an area than somebody else? And you and I need to be compassionate. Just because you don't have trouble in an area doesn't mean that, you know, people say, well, they just need to get over it. Well, let's pick on your areas that you don't think are a big deal. some compassion, some understanding. We're all under construction. But the only way you're going to keep your body under control is through your spirit, mortifying the deeds of your body, making it strong, renewing your mind so your mind doesn't side in with your unruly body. Now, you know, some of you may be way past where I am, but I notice my body still kind of wants to do sometimes what it wants to do. But I beseech you, through brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies, how? A living sacrifice. So I tell my body to get up and go to church. You say, I still have to do that. I tell my body where it's going to be, what it's going to do. It doesn't tell me. How do I steer my body? Oh, man, we got so much to talk about. I steer it with my tongue, which is part, you know, and my, my soul is helping me because my spirit is strong and I steer my body, I steer my life. I don't let it do what it wants to do. This one, this one uh, gets me real good. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. Paul said this. How I many know Paul, I mean, he had visitations from the Lord. He wrote so much of the New Testament. He's a saint with wings, and he, ne- you know, uh, he he never had a problem in his life, cause he's cause God used him so much. Man, he was able to take all them beatings. He was just a superhuman. Nah, he's just like us. He's just like us. What do he say? I keep my body under the eye, the real him, the spirit man. I keep my body under. Does it say the Lord kept my body under? My wife keeps my body under. My mama keeps my body under. My church keeps my, no, I have to keep my body under. If you don't do it, nobody else can. 
Praise the Lord. If you don't do it, nobody else can. You can have people to encourage you. You can have people to help you, but you got to do it. And I bring it. Woo. That's a little fight there. I bring it into subjection. What is that? Submission. I bring it unto submission. Lest that by any means, when I've been spiritual and preached and give tongues and interpretations and done all these great things and laid hands on the sick and all that, that I myself should be a castaway. It's pretty big stuff. Amen. Romans 8, 13. For if you live after the flesh, in other words, if I don't do anything with my soul and I just let my flesh do what my flesh does, if you live after the flesh, you're gonna do what? Die. Well, that doesn't mean physically necessarily, but if you let your flesh do things, it's gonna cause death in an area. It just will. But if you threw, oh, this is good news. If I walk in the spirit, if I walk in the spirit, Jesus said my words, they're spirit and life. If I walk in the spirit, you can walk in the spirit on Monday. Come on, you don't have to wait till the praise and worship hits the right tone or hits the right note and we all get excited. That's not walking in the spirit. That's, that's yielding to the spirit. That's moving with the spirit. But you can walk in the spirit every day. Jesus said my words, they're spirit and life. So you can walk in the word every day. The entrance of his word gives light. And understanding to the simple. If you continue in my word, then you'll be my disciples and you'll be free indeed. But you got to continue. And so your, your spirit man is strong. Your mind, your will, and your emotions, you've got those transformed. you got those going with God. And now you're going to walk in the spirit. And by walking the spirit, you're going to mortify. Ooh, kill it. Come on, somebody shout, kill it. While it's alive, it's dead. I said, while it's alive, it's dead. While it's alive, it's dead. I'm going to mortify the deeds. Where'd it go? I'm going to mortify the deeds. I need it back. I, I'm going to mortify. The, I'm going to mortify the deeds of the body. You shall live. You can't live in faith unless you mortify the deeds of your body. You can't mortify the deeds of your body until you do something with your soul. So now it's three against zero, or really it's three against the devil in your life. This is so important. How are you going to live by faith? Well, then I got to do something with, I got to feed my spirit. I got to exercise my spirit because faith is of the heart. But if I'm really going to do this every day, then I got to do something with my soul. I got to, I got to transform my mind every day. I, I got to let my emotions get healed and stay healed. I'm not going to let anybody offend me. I'm not going to get off on things. I'm not going to listen to things that are going to get into my heart because I'm going to guard it with all diligence. I, I'm, I'm, going, I'm, to, I, I'm going to stay healed in my emotions. I, I'm also going to make sure that every day I'm following the will of God. The word of God is the will of God. But even in my personal life, I'm going to pray about everything. I'm going to be at the right place at the right time doing the right things, saying the right things with the right people. Hallelujah. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do that in my soul realm. And then I got to, my, my, my spirit man is strong. My soul has been transformed. It's ready to go. And then I'm just going to tell my body what to do. I'm going to offer it a living sacrifice every day to the Lord. Amen. And if I do that, then I have prepared myself to live by faith every day. It just makes it easier when your whole when your whole body, when the whole of you, spirit, soul, and body are going after the Lord all the time. Amen. 
We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.